Welcome to our True Crime, True Family podcast. Quarantine equals no life, so we've decided to start a true crime podcast. I'm Emily, and along with my mom, Kate, and our cousin Paige, we will be discussing popular true crime documentaries and cases. Due to sensitive subject material and explicit language, viewer discretion is advised. Oh, Emily, just FYI, says she's going to have things to say today. Oh, really? More than usual, not things. She's like, I will say one more comment. (laughs) Do you want to... She's like, let me start laughing. (laughs) Watch me stutter trying to say mommy, dad, and dearest. Go for it. Hey, we're back this week with mommy, dad, and dearest. Here with my cousin Paige and my mom, Kate. Good job. Wonder there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this story is just insane. It really yeah. is. Like I don't there's so many things that like have to fall in place to be able to pull off a scam like this. What the scam her mom pulled yeah, off? Yeah, like could you met like you would think that you wouldn't be able to do all of that stuff and get away with it. Yeah, for 20-some years. Especially with how many doctors she went to. Like, not one of them figured it out before, like, 20 years. Well, she... I don't... I mean, who even knows? It just... I mean, I think she went to one doctor and complained about one thing, and the doctor probably prescribed a medicine. And so then she just started saying different things. And then eventually, when you're taking medicine that you don't need, the side, I feel like you tend to have the side effects that could look like it's something else wrong with you. And so it's like this spiral of they're just trying, you're, you're treating symptoms or like side effects of a medication. Yeah. yeah. But um, so mommy dead and dearest obviously covers the brutal murder of Dee Dee blanchard Dee Dee was killed by her daughter gypsy rose blanchard and gypsy's boyfriend nick go to john who is a gem he's like the weirdest fucking kid i've ever seen There's something wrong with him big t- and his parents okay like what Daniel comes in with some like possum looking chick. I have questions. It's not going to be like you can just live here. Like, <laughs> called her a possum. Look, it's very unfortunate what happened to her, but that's a pretty accurate description. <laughs> So the documentary opens with Gypsy Rose in an interrogation room. She looks like she's 12 and her hair is super short. Like that, that look, you'd have questions. You like how how did you walk in with this chick? First of all, their mugshots, they look the exact fucking same. On-screen text says police have brought in Gypsy Rose Blanchard, a 19-year-old woman from Springfield, Missouri, for questioning regarding the death of her mother, um, Dee Dee. Detective Hancock cuts right to the chase. He tells Gypsy, he's like, you need to be honest with me, and 
you know, you need to tell me if you're involved in, in this in any kind of way. And Gypsy's all like, okay, yeah, all right. And absolutely, I'll be totally honest. And he's like, so your mom's dead. He's like, now what I want to ask you. And Gypsy's like, well, what? Like, very bad and over-the-top acting. Hancock is like, your mom passed away. She's deceased, all right? Now, what I want to ask you, did you have any involvement in this? Gypsy is all like, no, no. He does not have time for her shit. (laughs) And he just stops it. He's like, what happened to your mom that night? Like, stop acting like this is brand new information. It's not new information. Gypsy still crying says, I don't know what happened with my mom at all. And Hancock is like, you know what happened? You were fucking there, you idiot. (laughs) He's like, you know what happened to your mom? And I know that you know. Gypsy's like, you think it's me? Why do you think it's me? I've always loved my mom. My mom and I are best friends. And dude's like, bitch, like, stop digging yourself a hole. Like, don't dig yourself in this hole. So Gypsy keeps crying and says she really loves her mom. Hancock's like, yeah, I know. Like, so why did Nick hurt her? And so they flash through some of the crime scene photos. And it's always creepy to see, like, bodies in crime scene photos to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you ever seen Nicole Brown Simpsons? Um, I think I did on the ESPN Oh, Don't. no, no, no. The the one with her, where you saw her neck? I think so. Oh, my God. Or Travis Alexander. Do you remember that one? No. They're traumatic. Gypsy says she didn't kill her mom, and she didn't help Nick kill her mom. Then they show a video from an awards banquet or something. An announcer says, Please welcome a cancer survivor and passionate young lady, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. This was six years prior to the murder. And so Gypsy's in a wheelchair. Her dress looks Amish, and she has a big bow in her headband. You can tell she was bald, and her hair is just starting to grow back in. (laughs) I wrote, in the first shown act of child abuse, Dee Dee has Gypsy singing some god-awful song like she's off key and i cringe like i i don't know i would never be like why don't you get up there and sing to my kids that cannot sing people find that like cute yeah well yeah everyone cheers because what else are they gonna do uh dd says to gypsy i always say you're the reason i was born to be your mama a newscast from Springfield, Missouri, reports that 48-year-old Dee Dee Blanchard was found dead in her home. Her 19-year-old daughter, Gypsy, is still considered missing. Linda Ong, a local news reporter, says Dee Dee and Gypsy were Hurricane Katrina survivors. It was believed that they were coming to the Ozarks to make a better life. Um, there was a Facebook post that said, the bitch is dead, and then a comment under that post saying, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. 
A lot of people thought their Facebook was hacked and they show like a flash of some of the comments and one more on wrote. Sounds like y'all are watching a movie. Like have a seat. Like sounds like you need to call the cops. Like what? Gypsy has a whole lot of issues. Elaine Cher says Gypsy was in a wheelchair. She had leukemia and she was having seizures and she had to be tube fed. Elaine is a community service worker. So I'm guessing social worker. Gypsy's neighbor and friend, Aaliyah Woodmanzi, says, Gypsy and Dee Dee struggled, especially with the medical conditions. So everybody gathered around, around them and would try to help them out as much as possible. So on June 16th of 2015, the Greene County Sheriff's Department holds a press conference. One of their sheriffs, Jim Arnott, says, Okay, good morning. I want to specify at the beginning of this press conference that this is an ongoing investigation. And I want to start off with saying things are not always as they appear. So then they cut to Nick go to John being interrogated. He says, the truth is, okay, I'll admit it. I did actually stab her. And I was like, what? I will admit it. The only reason I did it because I did it for me and her. I would have never did it if it were not for me and her. And then you cut to Gypsy. And she's like, I know that he loves me and he would do anything for me and to be with me. So back to Nick, he's asked if Gypsy knew he was going to kill her mom. And he says, honestly, she asked me to. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, could you imagine being those interrogators? I'd be like, I don't. I don't even know how to react. Like most people don't just off the bat. Well, like, and like having to deal with like a boy who has autism and a girl who is not in her right mind because of the way she got brought up. Right. No, I know. It's like, it's insane. But so both of the Facebook posts were actually done by gypsy. So the prosecutor filed charges for first degree murder. Jim Arnott says this is a tragic, tragic event surrounded by mystery and public deception. Gypsy can walk without assistance or a wheelchair, and she can do that very well. So Gypsy walks into the courtroom for her arraignment on June 16, 2015. She's sobbing. The prosecutor says this individual has alleged to conspire with Nicholas John to stab her mother to death so that they could be together. The penalty is life imprisonment or death. Friends and neighbors were shocked to learn that Gypsy could walk. Aaliyah was really upset to see that Gypsy could walk. Aaliyah says that obviously if that's a lie, then who knows what all was a lie. And so this is a thought I had watching the whole thing. Like Gypsy is a liar, but it's not really her fault. But like it would be so confusing to have to deal with her because like you are just a liar too i don't know because at first i thought she was kind of mean for being like she was upset with gypsy like that's not her fault her mom was a monster but like i don't know um jim arnott says we really don't know the true background of this family as we have unearthed the appearance of a long financial fraud scheme A reporter says the family got medical airlifts, Disney travel, and free housing over the years because of Gypsy's supposed disabilities. It was all a facade that translated online. 
so donations would be pouring in for Gypsy's reported muscular dystrophy and leukemia. Arnott says that we've not confirmed the age of Gypsy. It appears that there are still several dates of birth that have been used. Um, oh, there are several dates of birth that have been used over a period of time. So everyone felt duped. It's like, it's insane. Like, so on July 24th, 2015, Gypsy's back in the courtroom. The prosecution presents its preliminary evidence against Gypsy. Uh, the Greene County prosecutor, Dan Patterson, says, Miss Blanchard is charged with murder in the first degree. When you commit a first degree murder, you knowingly cause the death of another person after deliberation. So the prosecution has numerous text messages between Gypsy and Nick. So Gypsy met Nick online and they began an online dating relationship. They were texting each other to make plans and discuss killing Dee Dee. Which, like, why would you ever text people about that? You didn't know any better. Well, yeah, they didn't, but I don't know. It still seems dumb to me. So Nick texts, babe, it's my evil side doing it. He won't mess up because he enjoys killing. Gypsy replies, we'll be happy soon. After this night, we will never bring it up. Like, they're just like two people that never should have come across each other. Like, they probably never would have done anything close to this. Well, maybe she would. I feel like she'd eventually snap and kill her mom. Or found someone else to do it. Yeah. LaForge Parish in Louisiana is Gypsy's hometown. So then we meet Rod Blanchard. Rod's Gypsy's dad and Dee Dee's ex-husband. And I wrote, he's not ugly. <laughs> Rod says, I still ask the question, how do you kill your own mother? I mean, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be some abuse there. And he has a very, like, Cajun accent. Um, Mike Stanfield is Gypsy's lawyer. He says, nobody wants to believe that something like this can happen. The initial impression is that Gypsy is just lying to everyone. But when you look at the backstory, it all started long before Gypsy would have ever had any type of say in what was happening. Like, and so if she does, get, like, when she does get out of jail, like, what is she ever going to do? Like, her mom really, like, fucked her over. Um, Rod says, right from birth, three months old, Dee Dee was telling me she had sleep apnea. She needed a breathing monitor machine. It escalated from then. Problems with her eyes, her hearing, her digestive system. After that, Gypsy couldn't walk anymore. She had a muscular disorder. Dee Dee told me she would need a wheelchair. I asked her, I said, man, she's got a lot of issues. What's going on? They had done some tests and found out she had a chromosome disorder that was causing all of her functions from developing her digestive system and her muscular system. Dee Dee told Rod that Gypsy would not live to be 18 years old. She must be an old or she may be an old teenager, but that's about it. Rod said it was shocking. It was disturbing to see her at 23 years old now, perfectly healthy. It pisses me off, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like if I told Dan that one of our kids had, like, all these issues, 
like with them, he would start coming to appointments and demanding second opinions. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, um, something is wrong here. Gypsy's stepmother, Christy Blanchard, is going through pictures. Christy pulls a picture and says, this picture here, I don't know if this was a surgery where she thought her stomach lining wrapped around her esophagus. Immediately, Rod says, no, she would have had that earlier. She had that feeding tube way before that. Like, it's just jarring. Like, you, all of her points in life, it's not like, oh, well, she was in sixth grade. It's all these different, like, ailments that she allegedly had. Um, Christy says, it breaks my heart knowing she got put through all this when she didn't need it. Gypsy was confined in a wheelchair for 14 years, even though she could walk. Like, that's insane. Mike Stanfield says that he has never encountered anything that is even close to what Gypsy has gone through. Her mother appeared to have taken great steps to keep Gypsy in a very juvenile role, making her act several years younger than her actual age was. Rod says, I called her for her 18th birthday and Dee Dee said, don't tell her she's 18. Rod was like, what do you mean? It's her 18th birthday. She knows she's 18. She told me her mental capacity was like five years behind. Chrissy pulls another picture and says that Gypsy looked like she was 9 or 10 years old. And she was probably 20 to 21. Like. But like. That you could like lie to someone about their age like that. And everybody like doesn't say anything. Like you would think that Gypsy would be like, oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. I mean, I guess she said because it was like her, ment- her mental like thing. People wouldn't correct her. I don't know. I mean, I guess she probably didn't let that many people around her. So it's like, and like probably none of the other people met. We see a home video of Dee Dee and Gypsy. And Gypsy's sitting on a railing in front of their house. She says she's going to jump in this pile of snow, which isn't a pile. It's just snow on the ground. But she jumps in and it looks like she kind of landed on her feet. And then she remembered she wasn't that. So she like crumpled. (laughs) And then she's like dragging herself around in the snow. Michelle Dean says that it's hard to know who Gypsy even is because she's so different now. She says, I would be curious if anybody Gypsy talks to feels as if they're getting the full story. So they interview Gypsy in jail and she has on a striped prison uniform and is handcuffed. Gypsy says, this is actually kind of the first time I've been honest Besides being honest with my attorneys. And then she's like, and I really haven't been completely honest with them. And then she starts giggling and like, she sounds so like her voice creeps me out. (laughs) Like I can't, it's so like cringy and I just want her to not talk. Gypsy is asked to describe her mom. She's like, um, unique. She says, I used to always think that maybe she was a little overprotective. So if I had to say one word about her, it would be overprotective. And I said, I mean, I feel like she was more underprotective. Like she caused all this shit. She wasn't saving you from shit. Um, my one word for Dee Dee would be either monster or nightmare. Yeah. Both fit. I thought this was really super sad. So 
Dee has Gypsy in like a basket and she um, asks her how old she is. Gypsy holds up one finger and Dee Dee says, you're one. And where's your cranial? And Gypsy points to her head and Dee Dee says, very good. And where's your phalanges? And Gypsy waves her fingers and Dee Dee says, yes, very, very good. Maybe like, I don't remember because it was so long ago, but I feel like, like, some kids don't know that stuff at one so it's like sad to see that she could have been like a totally normal Mm -hmm. kid and like it's not like she was slow and like Dee Dee just made it worse it's like you turned her into like you made her ignorant Mm -hmm. on purpose oh it's just so sad Mm -hmm. Gypsy didn't think abuse was going on she didn't know any different Um, Gypsy knew that her life was different from other people's though she says that people thought of them as the sweetest mother daughter family ever they show a picture of Dee Dee and Gypsy from when Gypsy was younger and Dee Dee was pretty (laughs) she was I actually thought she was gonna like look like a monster her whole life but she didn't and she really looks unattractive like before she died she looks like a low budget like female Jonah Hill when he was fat. <laughs> Gypsy is asked what illnesses Dee Dee said Gypsy had. Gypsy says asthma, epilepsy, hearing impaired, vision impaired, fed with a feeding tube, paralyzed from the waist down, slow, so retardation, among other things. I just can't remember them. So then they show a list of the conditions that Dee Dee would give to new doctors. So her conditions she put down were epilepsy, vision impaired, hearing impaired, GI reflux, quadriplegia, muscle dystrophy, muscular dystrophy, anemia, hypoventilation. I don't know what that is. Asthma, allergies, mild mental retardation, leukemia, incontinence, lung disease, heart murmur. That's insane. Yeah. They show a picture of Dee Dee's medical closet, and that bitch is a pack <laughs> with pills and medicine. Like, it looks like a goddamn CVS. <laughs> Gypsy says she was on breathing medication and medication for seizures, medicines to help her go to the bathroom, pain medicine, anxiety medicine, just everything. I would have to put on the breathing machine every night. I hated it, though, because it seemed to make my breathing worse, not better. Yeah, because you didn't need it. Another machine was for the feeding tube. They show a picture of, like, her sight for the feeding tube. And fuck me, that yeah. was painful. Like, my kids can't handle shots. Like, they would not manage that. Like, it's so fucking gross. Emily is fucking... Fi- oh, I know you were going to say something about me. I had to hold her down like she was an infant. I had to, like, lay on top of her. Oh, I'm dramatic. I didn't have to lay on top of you. Oh, we're going to lie now? (laughs) Okay, you didn't lay. You were just... I had to hold you down. That's not... But, yeah. But, (laughs) that's not lying. Uh, I had to lean on you with my full body weight to hold you down. You were laying on me. Okay, well, I was leaning on her with all of my weight. (laughs) Jesus Christ. 
She was 15 at the time. Just FYI. 15. When quarantine started, she had this cough. And so Dan and I were like, oh, you're going to have to go to the hospital and get shots. And she sobbed. Sobbed. I taped it. I know you said. I should put it. Gypsy says it was control. She, oh, the the feeding tube controlled what she'd eat, and her medication would be put through there. So she didn't have to be awake. Like, so her mom could just like shove medicine in her, like, whenever she felt like it. They show a video from one, and that's so gross. Could you imagine? What? Oh, like the, like, she, like, put a syringe full of stuff and then like injected it in her (laughs) they show a video from one of Dee Dee and Gypsy's medical trips Gypsy says I'm going to Children's Mercy Hospital to see my dentist and I've never heard of anyone going to a hospital to see a dentist like I didn't even know they had dentists in a hospital didn't she have all of her teeth pulled yeah, didn't they brought out I don't of her mouth? Think that they the brought it, I think for some reason it probably wasn't it wasn't this one, but it might have been something else I'd watched about it. But I I'm thinking that she uh Dee Dee had all of Gypsy's teeth pulled. Like who just goes along with that? Well she I don't think she had any choice. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, you're the dent. Like, you're going to take this kid in here and be like, pull all her teeth out? Mm. Like, Yeah, I don't know. According to medical records, Dee Dee brought Gypsy to local hospitals over 100 times between 20, uh, 2005 and 2014. Gypsy says, if we'd be going to the doctor, she would do all the talking. I'd always have a stuffed animal or a Barbie doll. She'd just tell me play with your Barbie doll. And if the doctor would come and examine me, just stay in the wheelchair, be calm, play with your doll and don't move your legs. Gypsy underwent multiple surgeries during her hospital visits. They included gastrointestinal operations, eye procedures, and the removal of her salivary glands. Like why would, like how does that get removed like what so you're just like constantly dry for the rest of your Ooh. life like, what the hell gypsy says she knew she could walk but believed everything else her mom would shave her head and say that it was just going to fall out anyway so let's just keep it nice and neat they show a picture of gypsy big as hell crammed in a fucking kitchen sink like she's a toddler like i used to watch like the babies like that like when they were little babies like I wouldn't be putting Daniel's eight and I wouldn't put him in the <laughs> yeah. sink um Gypsy says um oh Gypsy says I just went on blind faith that a mother knows best and like the way she said that that was the first time I was like okay like you're doing too much Gypsy dial it back like, she seems like, it sounds like coached and, like, practiced. Um, she, 
she just it's like ugh, god i like i'd be pissed if i were her i'd be like i had to go through all these like feeding tubes and like nobody said anything like i'd just be angry i wouldn't be all like i don't know like i thought a mother knows best but if you grew up in that and you didn't know any better i feel like that would be the case yeah i don't know i don't know there was just something about it that like seemed odd i don't know like but my kids i maybe that's the problem is like that would never work like my kids like if i told daniel to sit in the wheelchair he'd get up and walk around the second the doctor came in the like room until the doctor came in to (laughs) like uh, like and I could tell you one thing if like and I would have been like this too if me or my kids that they're like okay well now we're gonna have to insert your feeding tube I'd be jumping out of that wheelchair fast as shit like uh uh uh-uh, you won't be and can you take me away from her because I don't need this <laughs> um on screen text says the medications Dee Dee gave Gypsy induced many of the symptoms of diseases that doctors thought they were treating which is like so sad So, Dr. Mark Feldman, a clinical psychologist, says Gypsy Rose Blanchard was constantly and viciously subjected to Munchausen by proxy. Um, Munchausen by proxy involves a caregiver who either feigns or actually induces illness in their children or, like, like, some people do it to old people, like elder abuse or whatever. But basically anybody that can't take care of themselves. And her goal is some kind of emotional gratification, looking for sympathy, attention, care, or concern that she, that she feels unable to get in any other way. It is a form of child abuse first and foremost. And what I don't understand is kids being sick is the fucking worst. Like, I cannot imagine why the fuck anybody would want to deal with all that. Like, my kids are annoying when they're sick. Like, I get annoyed if they cough too much. I wouldn't be all like, oh, like, let's spend all our time in a hospital. Well, it's like a, like a mental thing, you know? Like, she didn't feel like she could get enough attention, so she, (coughs) she forced the illnesses upon Gypsy so that Gypsy and Dee Dee could, like, and mainly Dee Dee could get this attention, yeah, but I mean, like, make yourself sick. Jeez. They showed, like, a picture of Gypsy and Dee Dee, and Gypsy's teeth look like she has a grill in. Like, they were all silver. It's, like, so gross. Well, but also, did you notice that she looks like she doesn't have any front teeth? That's what yeah, I mean. because she I... had all of her teeth pulled out. Well, yeah, no, I am saying it's, like, disgusting. Like, teeth, like, the dentist is where... Look, my kids are annoying when they're sick. Like, I hate taking my kids to the dentist. You don't even sit with me anymore. You sit with Daniel. Okay, you have appointments at the exact same time, and you are 16, and he is eight. <laughs> they ask me so many questions, and it's, like, awkward. Like, they're sitting with tools in my mouth, and it's like, <laughs> Like, I talk. The questions are like, do you brush your teeth? And Emily's like, can you answer that for me, mom? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
she, <laughs> she's like complaining about like I make them at the same time and it's like she's mad that I go with the child <laughs> well he doesn't even care like he wouldn't care you would just sit there he cares he care if I left he's eight and like I have to know what they say about his teeth are you, are you really upset about this? He sees me every time. Every time. Well, I guess I'll just make your appointments on different days there, Diva. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't do anything. What? They just clean your teeth, though. I don't like being alone with them. It's weird. Like, do you think I'm going to do she anything in the room much. with you? No, it's just the lady that's always in there talks too much. I don't want to sit there and talk. <laughs> And so if you're in there, she, she, then you can talk for me. <laughs> and that's why I should leave the eight-year-old by himself? Yeah, like, she literally sits there and just, like, asks me these most random questions and then tells me about her life. And it's like, I don't care. Bring some AirPods the next time. God. But I'm not allowed to bring my phone in there. Said who? I don't know. I thought that was, like, wrong. Don't they have no phones in there? Says no phones. Does not. I sit there and play on my phone the entire time. Mm-hmm. My God, she's just making things up at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like good luck in college. Like, just, nobody, nobody's here to wake me up to go to class. You're at oh home my with my with my brother who's underage. Why aren't you here at college <laughs> with me? <laughs> like, I can't believe this is a thing for you. God, can you imagine? Like, she... all right. <laughs> I don't even know how to react. Like, I'm both horrified and laughing at her in my head. I mean, like, obviously I can do it by myself. I just prefer not to. <laughs> do you know how many things I prefer not to do that I have to do in my life? I'm like, Yeah, but you're an adult. You already... You <laughs> do you think that my mom went in the yeah, dentist No, you already me? went through your 20s, so it's... You lived. Now you can... No. You, you don't even make sense. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh my god. Wait. What did you even say? Oh my just let let's just move on. <laughs> no, but either way, like no, you you but you do things you don't like to do now because you have to because you're an adult and you live. Do you think that my mom took me and sat with me in the dentist? When I was your age. Well, times are changing. Oh! Whoa, kids are becoming less independent? Is that... <laughs> is that the world we live in? No, I just need you for the dentist. For the dentist. And the doctor. <laughs> just like, and for everything I will ever do in life. And wait till you have to go to your first gynecologist appointment, honey. Oh, I'll let you know how it goes. You're gonna I'm be sure in I'll there. Be there, too. I'm just gonna be sitting there crying. <laughs> How awkward is that? I got. I'm gonna start laughing to like crank that thing open. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> <It's so crazy. laughs> 
What? <laughs> because now she's dying because I said they're going to crank that thing open like when they put the speculum yeah. in. <laughs> Emily will be like, I promise I will just never have sex so I don't ever have to do this. <laughs> She's ever here cringing, like spasming. That sounds so bad. It's not that bad. It's not that good either, though. Sticking that off my J. <laughs> J. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, you're gonna have to. We all have to do it. It's just you have to do it. What is it like? What is what good is coming out of it? Uh, that's how they look for certain cancers. Mm. All right, we we just <laughs> need to move on. This could this I I don't even know what spiral I walked into. <laughs> <laughs> Gypsy says the earliest surgery that I can remember would be having my feeding tube put in. And prepare to be disgusted, guys. <laughs> She says it had to be changed every six months. And that would be pretty painful because they don't put you under anesthesia. Fuck that. They would be putting me under anesthesia. Like, I would starve. I'd be like, oh, guess I'm anorexic. (laughs) She's like, they just take you in the emergency room, rip the old one out, and put a new one in. And I wrote, fuck that for real. And why the emergency room? Like, you know it's going to be changed every six months. Like, make a doctor's appointment. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> Dee Dee probably just took her into an ER and demanded it be changed. I'm surprised Dee Dee didn't rip it out and was like, I don't know. Some illness is pushing it out of her body. <laughs> <laughs> Gypsy's lawyer, Mike, says, mind-boggling is the only way I can put her ability to manipulate people. On-screen text says, the prosecution has asked the defense for mitigation evidence. Mike, Rod, and Christy are in a conference room with a whole lot of papers on the table. Mike tells them that each paper clip is some medical record where Dee Dee essentially lied to the doctor about something. He reads, mentally, Gypsy is behind. She's at the level of a seven-year-old on mother's information. That is something you see almost always across all of the records is upon mother's information upon history by mother they are going over all the records and mike points one out that says while holding her hands over gypsy's ears so as not to offend history of mental retardation seven-year-old per mom the family history details would change depending on what doctor she was seeing Example, if Gypsy went to the cardiologist, then there's a bunch of heart attacks in her, like, family history. So, they show a letter from Dr. Flasterstein, who is a neurologist. Mike says, the very first thing right off the bat is, says, mother is not a good historian, which is interesting because he put it in bold and underlines it. Dr. Flasterstein is interviewed. He says, one of the things that was a big discrepancy was that for a person that has not walked for nine years, she should have almost no muscles in her lower extremities, but she did have muscles that looked quite normal. She was able to support her body weight. I remember her standing. So I had a big doubt about the whole thing from the beginning. 
In the notes, it says, since last seen, I managed to talk to one of her previous providers. She specifically remembers Gypsy Rose and mentioned that her previous neurologist clearly reported the fact that Gypsy does not have muscular dystrophy. Analyzing all the facts and after talking to her previous pediatrician, there is a strong possibility of Munchausen by proxy with maybe some underlying unknown ideology to explain her symptoms. Dr. Flasterstein defends not reporting his concerns to social services, saying it would have been rejected on the spot, so all he could do was put it in his notes. And I was like, um, I call bullshit on that one. You report it and let them That's say like that. That's their job. That's their it. job to look for abuse. Yeah. Like, report it and let them reject yeah. it then like who the yeah. fuck cares i would report it whether whatever the excuse like you report it like you're like you enabled that to happen to this kid for more and more years um he said that nobody ever said anything about the note that he put in well why would they do you think people just go review notes right. like that like so I didn't see it right to keep going and convincing other people that something is not right here. And I said, this just seems super wrong. Isn't that the point of mandatory reporters? And like, then like, not even because of Gypsy Rose, but like, don't you like, wouldn't you feel guilty knowing you didn't say anything and like somebody could have been saved? Like, take it off your own. Yeah, he didn't seem guilty. Like you felt guilty. No, at all. Like, it's, it seems like. And I've seen this, like, in real life, like, how some doctors are. It's kind of like, I don't feel like dealing with it, so I'm just going to, like, write a prescription. Yeah. Or, like, I don't feel like dealing with the paperwork or the hassle that's going to come with, like, having to follow up on this. So, Mike points out that the letter was from 2007, eight years before Dee Dee was murdered. And I, my jaw was on the ground. It was, like, eight years eight years that girl like sat there and that's eight years that like the longer she goes being duped like that like the harder it's going to be to like retrain her how to be a decent Mm -hmm. person so um mike says that at first he wasn't sure how dd figured out that dr flasterstein was onto her but then he realized dd was always requesting medical records so she would have gotten a copy of the letter so, of course, she gets a copy of the letter, and then she's like, okay, we'll never go to him again. And, like, I'm just going to, when they ask for medical records, I'm going to request it. Because they'll ask you to get your records. They don't call for your records. Like, you you bring your records. So, she just took that piece of paper and threw mm-hmm. it in the trash. So, of the letter, Christy is like, I just don't understand why you put your child through this. And Mike's like, I have no idea. It just keeps going. Christy says, and it would have kept going because her mama was an insane compulsive liar. And then immediately they cut to a picture of Dee Dee on her wedding day looking like a fucking serial killer. Christy talked a lot of shit on Dee Dee. And I like, I get it. But like, it kind of made her look bad. Like, the woman's dead. I get it. She was evil. I get it. But, like, you're in the situation. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. We all talk shit on people. So, whatever. 
But and it's probably a. It's a very. I'm sure it's a very sore subject for Christy because she probably because she has a daughter. You know, you saw her later on in the in the thing, and she probably can't even like imagine being like that to a, a little girl. Well, that and it also is a way to absolve at least if not both her and rod like it at least absolves rod of like this was something we should have caught so that's probably another reason why it's like extra bad on dd because then it's not bad on them and i don't know that she even thinks about it that way but i think like instinctively like when your brain wants to protect you like that's the kind of thing that you would tell yourself so Rod says that he met Dee Dee at the bowling alley and Dee Dee got pregnant. And I wrote 100% on purpose, I'm sure. Rod's like, I'm from the South. You get married if you get a girl pregnant. There was no other question about what you did. Rod was 17. Rod says he woke up on his 18th birthday. Like, what am I doing here? According to Rod, Dee Dee was into some dark things. And I wrote, I can only imagine. I said, plus they are from Louisiana. I'm sure she's into like hoodoo and voodoo and all that (laughs) shit. Rod says she started talking about witchcraft and just weird, dark stuff like that. She had a pet tarantula and I wrote, I could never. (laughs) But if you think about it, that's not like that off the wall. Like people have pet tarantulas all the fucking time. Yeah. Well, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law have a tarantula and it makes me want yeah, to die. Yeah, but still, it's like, that's not, like, weird. It's not weird to have a pet tarantula. Yeah, no. Although, I would never... No, that's not that weird. Yeah. But, I I do believe him that Dee Dee was well, weird. Yeah, I do believe that. But, like, having a pet tarantula doesn't... That's not the weirdest thing about her. Oh, no. Far yeah. from it. So, we meet Dee Dee's nephew, Bobby... I don't know how to say the last name. I think it's, like, tree. I have no idea. Bobby says she was a real weird girl. (laughs) He guesses she was bipolar, multiple personalities, perhaps. He was like, definitely an evil person. And I wrote, skirt, what? (laughs) (laughs) Bobby keeps going. (laughs) Did you spell out skirt? I did. How do you spell that? I put S-K-K-R-R-G. (laughs) (laughs) he's like to shave your kid's head and say she's got leukemia you're a sick individual we see home video of Dee Dee's coronation ball and I don't know what that is from 1986 Dee Dee was 22 but looked about 40 (laughs) and I said and I thought she got married at 17 hold up I just googled and Gypsy was born in 1991 so she was in like oh and I searched up Dee 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 was in her 20s banging 17 year old Rod she was like 5 or 6 years she was oh my Mm -hmm. god I said you know if it was reversed they would have made a big deal about (laughs) like it would have been like look at this pedophile Emily is over here, and I think she's sending us TikToks while we're. But wait, recording. what was that she's sound? Like dying, laughing. That was her, like trying to hold in a oh. laugh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know everyone thinks she's probably farting again, but that's not that. 
Like, I'm going to start taking your phone from you while I'm recording. <laughs> so, Didi was being crowned ROTC military queen. And what the fuck does that mean? Like, and I don't, I didn't care enough to Google it either. But like, the ROTC military queen. Sounds made up. We see two old ass people sitting on stools. It's Didi's father. <laughs> It's Didi's father, Claude, and his wife, Didi's stepmother, Laura. He's asked what Didi was like as a child, and he's like, she's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wrote, yikes. He says they were pretty close. He gave her everything she wanted except a dog in the house. I didn't want that. Now we wind up with two dogs in the house, and the two of them crack up, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Laura says, she was a very filthy person and I was not expecting She was a what? Which she um about Dee Dee, Laura's like she was a very filthy, filthy? person. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, damn, like t- tell us how you really <laughs> feel. She she's like, if it didn't go her way, she'd see see to it that you would pay and did we pay paid a lot and the dad grunts and like Dee sounds like a beast (laughs) Bobby says she opened up credit cards in my dad's name my grandpa's name ran up crazy bills supposedly America's most wanted was looking for this girl Laura says the minute she'd have set foot on the bayou the law would have arrested her she had made bad checks in Slidell, bad checks in New Orleans. No matter where she went, she was doing all kinds of stuff. Bobby says Dee Dee was poisoning his stepmother. Supposedly, she was giving her some Roundup pesticide in her food and stuff. Um, Laura says Dee Dee was putting poison in her food, too. And at one point, they didn't think Laura was going to make it. Laura was in bed for nine months. Laura says... Her mama was a little bit like her, like Dee Dee's mom was a little bit like her. Claude says, yeah, her mama too. Her mama was a shoplifter and all kinds of stuff. I don't know how many times she had to go to court and stuff for shoplifting and other things like Jesus Christ. (laughs) Laura says she go to the washeteria, which I assume is a laundromat and she'd steal other people's clothes. Like who goes? to the laundromat to steal clothes out of fucking laundry machines. She stole three to four thousand from her grandfather. Bobby says ever since his grandmother died, Dee Dee kind of went off the deep end. Christy says the day that her mom died, Dee Dee was in the house somewhere and Dee Dee was starving her. Dee Dee wasn't giving her anything to eat. Christy asked Dee Dee's sister if she thought Dee Dee had anything to do with her mom's death. And I was like, I'm shocked that Rod's wife talks to Dee Dee's family. But maybe they live in a super small town Mm -hmm. or something. But Dee Dee's sister said, well, now I wonder. And Christy's like, that's how evil she was. Laura says, to leave your mama dirty and asking for food and not want to feed her. That's evil. Claude and Laura asked if they were sad at all when they found out she was dead. Laura goes, me? I couldn't believe it. It just didn't sink in. It took a few days before that. I didn't believe she was dead. I thought it was another one of her tricks. 
Bobby says, I said, who did Didi piss off now? What kind of shit did Didi get into? I wasn't thinking, oh my God, my aunt's dead because I figured one day she'd piss somebody off to that point, you know? And I actually did think it would probably be Gypsy, you know, whenever we later got word that Gypsy was fine and she was at her boyfriend's house, we were like, she killed her mama. She finally did it. She couldn't take it anymore. She finally just said, fuck it all. I'm killing this bitch. And I wrote, uh, could you even imagine? Like, it sounds like not one person in her family gave a single fuck. No. Laura and Claude are asked if they think that Dee Dee got what she deserved. They are both like, yep, sure did. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, her dad says she got what she deserved? God. <laughs> like, yeah, that, is sh- that was not shocking. I was, like, on the floor. I was like, are you for real? How awful do you have to be? <laughs> Claude says, I know all the brothers and sisters don't care about Dee Dee no more. Dee Dee was cremated. And I think what Claude said was that Gypsy asked him, what did Claude want her to do with the ashes? And everybody's like, I don't want her. I told her flush that in the toilet. And I was like, what? No, it was, Hold D- up, it was Dee Dee's sister who said that. Well, yeah, but Laura said it too. What, to flush him down the toilet? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, how evil do you have to be that your family doesn't even want your ashes? Well, yeah. And then, Claude, when Laura says, flush that in the toilet, he Claude laughs and says, I didn't want it. Dee Dee's sister, Darla, said, we're going to bring that in Mama's room, make her a mass and everything. And Claude replied, you going to pay for it? I'm not paying for it. We can't afford it. Flush that in the toilet. And I wrote, I have no words. <laughs> but could you imagine your dad being like, fuck that. I'm not paying $5. Flush that right in the toilet. Get the fuck rid of it. <laughs> Gypsy walks into a courtroom and she looks like Mike Wheeler from Stranger Things. Do you Have you ever watched Stranger um, Things? Yeah, some of it. Prosecutor decides not to seek a death sentence. For Gypsy and Nick. Um, Dan Patterson, the prosecutor, says, Being a prosecutor, this standard is to do what's right and what's just. When you look at the mitigators, as well as the background of these individuals, as we know it, as well as the facts of this case, this case was not an appropriate first-degree murder case in which to seek the death penalty. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have put either one of them to the death penalty. Jim Arnott says, that they never had a case like this one. Like, I would hope not. Um, he says it's an unusual case. Really unusual. And I wrote, no shit, Sherlock. What we initially thought maybe a victim turns out to be a suspect. And in the middle of a story that was twisted already, we think we know who Gypsy is. But once this trial starts, we'll be able to see and find out exactly what she was all about. I don't think that you're going to get that answer. Like, I don't think anybody is ever going to know the full nightmare of what that Mm -hmm. woman was like. We see a home video of one of Dee Dee and Gypsy's trips to Disney World. Michelle Dean says that Gypsy loves Disney because they're stories that resolve in happy ways. And ultimately, her story was not resolving in a happy way. And I wrote, in super shocking news, Gypsy was a fan of the movie Tangled. 
The princess is Rapunzel, and she's kidnapped by Mother Gothel, who took her away from her real family. Mother Gothel locks her away in a tower. Aaliyah says Gypsy hoped for a fairy tale wedding. Gypsy says at the end, Mother Gothel died. She got thrown out a window because Rapunzel tried to stand up for herself and leave her tower. In Disney movies, everything is a fantasy. It's a fairy tale, and life is not a fairy tale. And it is kind of creepy how similar Tangled's story is to Gypsy's. And another thing, like, I know I'm going straight to hell for saying this, but Gypsy has a lazy eye big time, and it was super distracting for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible that I'm laughing. I was like, I can't. Like, I need you to get a patch or something. Well, that's probably where it Gypsy, all started. Gypsy, I'll just Gypsy, poor thing, had a lazy eye, and then <laughs> yeah, all this is from yeah. her damn lazy eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Gypsy, and all these like Disney princess getups is so like creepy and cringy to me. It's so uncomfortable to see pictures of her. Mike Stanfield says, I don't think calling Gypsy's life sheltered would do it justice. I've kind of come to describe it as a fairy tale nightmare. Her mother controlled almost every aspect of her life. Aaliyah says that anytime she was with Gypsy, Dee Dee was there. It was a filter for them. Gypsy wouldn't talk about anything personal while we were together. Elaine Scherer says that Dee Dee would always hold Gypsy's hand. So kind of like if you would squeeze it, you would know what to like Gypsy would know what to say. So they show footage of Gypsy and Dee Dee holding hands. And Elaine's like, maybe it's a control thing. And I wrote, you think? Dr. Feldman says the hand holding and the tight hugs is a way of asserting mastery over another person and saying you're not free. You're under my control at all times, even in relatively benign situations like being photographed, getting a Habitat for Humanity home. Those are innocuously happy occasions, but they are also occasions where Dee Dee reasserted her mastery over Gypsy. Gypsy says, if we were in a group of friends, if I said something I wasn't supposed to say, she'd squeeze my hand and I'd know, zip it. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but like how many friends do you think these people really had? Like when we were in a group of friends, I don't think that happened. No, it was probably like. Yeah, your group of friends is like that sad fucking banquet that your mom made you sing at and you sound like an idiot. <laughs> Dr. Feldman says, I've got a strong feeling that the extent of the control over her, heavily psychological as it was, would have involved physical punishment as well. Gypsy says she'd hit me with a coat hanger or her palm, and I'd have to take so many slaps depending on what or how severe it was that I did. Um, which I believe. She probably got beat to all hell. Gypsy never hit her back, allegedly. Like... Okay. Michelle says, it's like if you have a baby and you get in its face and the baby starts to struggle to get away from you. Now picture that happening for your whole life. Your mother's just in your face and will not get away. 
Dr. Feldman says her mother was so suffocating, so powerful, so manipulative that Gypsy may have felt that any steps to escape were bound to fail. That just sounds like the most miserable life ever. Gypsy says the first time I ran away from home, I had met a friend and I wrote, I'm shocked Dee Dee let her have any friend. She met him online through that. Yeah, she probably, like, when she says friends, that probably is not what, like, the true Mm -hmm. definition of friend is. So she says, we both went to this sci-fi convention called Vision Con. And I was like, oh, God, another cringy princess costume. She says, I told him vaguely about what was going on at home. And he told me, you just pack your stuff and just, you can just come live with me in Arkansas. Like, (laughs) ew so uh, like of course she can't like you're gross she she can go from one hell to another like you know (laughs) that guy is gross gypsy says i stepped out got a ride from a stranger and went over to his place and i wrote um is missouri even close to arkansas like how did she like just get around i think he was at like a hotel or something because he was there for that vision con Either way, Dee Dee found her within four hours because they had mutual friends in common. Like, what on earth? I wrote, if you say so. Like, Dee Dee threatened to call the cops on him. Dee Dee brought Gypsy home and smashed her computer with a hammer, smashed her phone with a hammer, and said, if you ever do that again, I will smash your fingers with a hammer. According to Gypsy, that was a rough year. She calls it the bad times. Like, jeez. Dee Dee had taken this dog leash and clipped it to a pair of handcuffs and clipped the handcuffs to the bed. And Gypsy was kept like that for about two weeks. Like a dog leash, really. Dee Dee had convinced a lawyer to drop papers saying I was incompetent. Now, Gypsy says this like it's shocking. It's like, um, I imagine she did that when you were like seven. This bitch convinced doctors and charities Gypsy had all these fucking debilitating illnesses and this bitch kept changing her birth year convincing people that Gypsy was incompetent was probably like nothing to her like it would have been a cakewalk she like probably didn't even have to think about it Gypsy says she felt like if she tried to go to the police Dee Dee would just show them papers and say that she's retarded she doesn't know what she's talking about oh like she would like Dee Dee would act like Gypsy didn't know what she was talking about Lawyer Mike says that Gypsy has fallen through every crack there is in the system. The Greene County Sheriff's deputies came out to the house on an anonymous report that Gypsy was potentially being abused. They came to the house and spoke with Dee Dee, and Dee Dee did exactly what she does all the time. She manipulated the police officers, showed them a few things, and they left. At that point, Gypsy had nowhere else to turn. Michelle Dean says literally everyone failed her. The doctors who were positioned as there to help her didn't help her. Her father, who I think was in a difficult position, couldn't help her. How was she supposed to think that anybody could? Gypsy says she was angry at the world and that this was unfair. Why couldn't anybody figure this out before it got this bad? We see a home video that looks like a cheerleading class or something. And all the other little girls are like standing there doing the moves. And five-year-old Gypsy is just sitting down in the middle of it, like looking at people. It's like so sad. 
So Bobby, um, Didi's nephew, says, we all did see how Didi treated Gypsy. Not that it was horrible or beating the shit out of her in the back room with a freaking cable. But she put her in a wheelchair and told her, your leg's messed up. You can't walk. Rod says, Didi's sister told him once, Rod, you know Gypsy can walk? And I asked Didi about it. She's like, well, with her muscular dystrophy or with her disease, her muscles hurt sometimes. So sometimes she can walk if she's feeling okay, but it's progressive. It's going to get worse. And it wasn't long after that that they started moving farther and farther away. So the attorney is like, Gypsy felt like she had no other choice. Which, like, I could see why you could make a case that she had no mm-hmm. other choice. So then you enter Nicholas John. So Gypsy met Nick through a Christian dating site and I wrote, good Lord, this is cringy. Gypsy thought he was cute. So she checked him out and sent him a wink. He sent me one back and then we start seeing texts between them. So Gypsy makes like a smiley face and she's like, I'm a little embarrassed. This is my first time on an online dating site. But I thought it might be nice to meet new people and maybe find love, too. We see Nick being interrogated. He says they got closer online and connected more and more. And Gypsy says, if I could go out with you, you sound a lot like me, LOL. And Nick says, I would be blessed to be able to be with a beauty like yourself. You definitely have the beauty inside. I can actually feel how pure you are from the inside. And I was like, oh, like, that's what she said. Like, gross. Nick is telling the detective that he and Gypsy somehow just knew we were right for each other. Four days later, we started a relationship with, we started a relationship together. Oh, Lord. So Gypsy had like a secret Facebook, I guess. And she posted on her secret Facebook, is it wrong to start thinking about your wedding before you're engaged? And Nick commented, no, darling, because that is when you know you are truly in love. And I'm like, (laughs) Gypsy posted, I have a wonderful man, my Nicholas, who gives me hope and strength and support and whose love is that of a fairy tale Prince Charming. The profile picture that Gypsy used is yet another princess look. It she looks like if Ronald McDonald was a girl going to prom. <laughs> like she just so cringy. Like I cannot take it. And like the cheap, like synthetic wigs. Charles Goldammer, Nick's stepfather, is being questioned by the police. He has like a kid sitting with him, and I was shocked. I know, me too. Like, uh, get a babysitter. He's asked what kind of person is Nick. And Charles says he's pretty quiet, kept to himself. We always tell him he's got to get out and mingle. But he's like, I'm afraid of getting backstabbed because everybody backstabs you and all that stuff. It's like, all right, that sounds healthy. Nick's mother, Stephanie Goldhammer, says Nick has Asperger's. The doctor told Nick his mind is probably always going to be 15 or 16. Gypsy says at first it was all lighthearted. Like, if you got married, where would you like to have your honeymoon? Where would you like to get married? Where are all the places you want to travel? As it progressed, things got weird. And I was like, got (laughs) weird? Like, yeesh, like the whole thing is weird. Nick started talking about BDSM. 
Gypsy put up a picture captioned, Every Beauty Needs Her Beast, Belle. And the picture looks like a Pornhub drawing of Beauty and the Beast. Like, they're just so weird. Nick commented, we can relate to this from opposites of it, sweetie. And I wrote, what the fuck does he mean? Like, every beast needs a beauty? These two are too much. Gypsy had to look up BDSM, and she says when she saw it, she was like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, I'm real sure. She says that Nick talked her into it. And on one hand, I feel bad for this girl, and a part of me understands she really didn't know any different but she lies a lot and always seems to minimize her involvement in things. And I think she was probably on board. She might have even instigated it. We see more of Gypsy's Facebook posts. She says, I am embracing my role and duties. I am learning more about myself. I'm confident and fulfilled. I live and breathe to serve my master. Another one says, my soulmate has the most desirable voice ever. It's like he could say anything and it be heavenly. Like, <laughs> gross. These two are the blind leading the blind. It's like they watched a bunch of romantic comedies and, like, just made them cringy and worse. Gypsy says, I was taught that a woman's role is to be submissive and the man is dominant. So I didn't think it was Where that did she learn that? I mean, I think that she was taught that her role in life was yeah. to be submissive by her mom, but like, I don't know about a woman's role. Her mom certainly wasn't submissive about shit. Nick posts a Pornhub bell pick. His caption says, yes, baby, this does make me think of you. Bell, my princess, bell that you would be. <sighs> Gypsy commented, well, I'll be your bell if you are my beast in bed. Just gross. Gypsy says ex or Nick's ex messaged her and I was like his ex like he had more than one girlfriend I'm shocked like how how do these people oh oh my god like you had more than one girlfriend I don't even know how you have more than one friend you're a fucking weirdo the ex told Gypsy that Nick is a really bad guy he thinks he's a vampire and he's into all this dominant submissive stuff and I was thinking, and the I is Gypsy. It's just an ex. She's just bad-mouthing him. She doesn't know anything. She's jealous, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jealous of what? Like, I would have thought it was a joke, and I would have been all like, send pics or it didn't <laughs> happen. Like, they remind me of, like, the theater and, like, band kids from high school. Like, they look like nerds, but they're freaks that bang constantly and all are into all weird shit. Like, Oh, a newscaster says go to John also has a criminal past in 2013. He was arrested after investigators say he was watching pornography and fondling himself in a McDonald's restaurant for nine hours. Police finding a large knife during the arrest. Like say what now? Like nine fucking hours, nine hours. You were masturbating like what? why like i have a lot of questions like why did it take you nine hours to call the cops like what like hour two you're like oh well he must be almost done like what on earth like i feel like i would have called after like 30 seconds if i noticed that like how first of all i think it was weird if someone was just in a mcdonald's for nine hours that didn't work there and then it'd be like 
sir like you need to buy something you can't just sit there and beat it like oh my god like it's disgusting like where where was he in the mcdonald's look at mcdonald's like i just imagined him in a booth with laptop out going to town on himself like don't aren't there playgrounds in mcdonald's like kids go in there sometimes to play in certain mcdonald's it's gross. Oh my god. Like, and did he have carpal tunnel? Like nine hours of that? Like, fuck off. Like, wouldn't that be painful after nine hours? <laughs> like. Um, did did the skin rub off? Because I feel like it would. And I mean, could you even imagine being a cop that had to arrest that? Be like, where's all the hand sanitizer <laughs> in the world? Like, I you're gonna have to cuff him, like, ugh. Look, nine hours. Who? Nine hours. <laughs> and like, what's like, what's erotic about McDonald's? It's like, oh, let me beat off to the smell of fucking grease. Like, ugh. Gypsy says she really didn't know what was wrong with him. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, you come off like a weirdo too, lady. Like, don't be all like, I don't know what's wrong with him. Gypsy says, it's not like I ever had a boyfriend before, and I wrote, uh, you don't need boyfriend experience to know that that's not normal. Nick, sounding somewhat manic, tells the detective that he has multiple personalities. He's like, I used to take a medication because I used to hear voices in my head, but they went away. It's a part of myself. Like, I would hate my job if I were that detective. I'd be like, oh, really? I have to interview this kid? Like, so she asks him if gypsy knew and nick says yes gypsy says his multiple personalities would come out he had talked to me one day and he was like you know i would like my other personalities to have a girlfriend so i made up some individual personalities to match his other personalities and like oh my god like what morons Almost all of Nick and Gypsy's relationship was online role play. And I wrote, um, what else would it be? I doubt Dee Dee let Gypsy out of her sight all that much. Like, Gypsy would chat and share photos with him while her mother was asleep. And, oh my god, they throw up a collage of pictures and it's her being, like, the different personalities and it's rough. Like, it is so cringy Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. And she looks like a possum. Nick says one side of her is named Kitty. It's like a little girl inside of her. We had another one called Candy, her slut side. Her evil side is Ruby. And they show a picture for each personality. And I'm just beyond uncomfortable. Like, Gypsy said it was deaf, dumb, blind love. And sometimes it's a big, crazy love. And I think that the pictures are just way too much. It's like dressing up a five-year-old as a stripper for Halloween. Like, it's so creepy. Michelle Dean says that one of the most interesting things about this case, and they put up a picture of Gypsy in an awful wig with awful makeup and a goddamn belt around her neck, licking a knife. And I imagine she thought it was seductive and sexy, and I want to squirt soap in my (laughs) eyes and make it stop. 
So Michelle said, no matter how much control you have over an individual, you can't stop adolescent sexuality from blossoming. Her whole life, this had been a subject that was forbidden for her. Ultimately, that turned into a really destructive force. Michelle reminds me of Feruza Balt from, like, the the lady who was Nancy in The Craft. Do you know um, what I'm talking no. about? That actress? Well, yeah. But she played, just Google Nancy okay. from The Craft. She reminded me of her. But another of Gypsy's Facebook posts um, says, Nicholas, go to John and I had a fight and I felt like we were coming apart. We met in October of last year and have been together ever since. We have always felt a magnetic pull towards each other and our love for each other might even be a little unhealthy because he and I both have lost sleep staying up all night talking or crying our eyes out when we fight. We would die, kill, do anything for each other. But he is the only person that I've told all my secrets to. He knows my hopes, dreams, and wishes, and he makes me feel alive. Some would say, you're too young to know what real love is, but they are wrong. I'm not a sappy person, so this was just very awkward to me. Like... Jesus Christ. Like, I, I can't read her stupid shit. Gypsy says, probably about a year into our relationship, I just couldn't lie to him anymore. And I was like, uh, doubtful. I think lies come very easy to you. Probably is harder for you to tell the truth. So Gypsy says she told him everything. In Nick's interrogation, he is asked why nobody knew Gypsy could walk. And Nick says that her mom wanted everyone to think that she was like 16 the entire time. So yeah, she kind of felt trapped on a wheelchair when I was actually trying to encourage her to be able to walk more and more. Nick made his own creepy Facebook post. It says, we could definitely be the couple who gets in trouble and isn't afraid to hold hands afterward, even if we aren't handcuffed with a guy's arm and a girl's arm handcuffed together. Like, what on earth are the two of you even talking about? Gypsy says it really didn't come up like, I want you to kill her. But he had said, I'll protect you from anybody. And I said, anybody? And he said, yeah. And I said, even my mom? And he said, yeah. And that's where it kind of developed from there. We call it plan B. But we always pushed it back. You know, it was just a thought. It was never reality. We'll consider other options. Like, you're right. I think that she probably pushed for it. And, like, I don't really blame her for that, but, like, that's kind of the thing of, like, you tell a lie even though you don't need to lie anymore. We had planned a meeting at a movie theater. Gypsy and her mom were going to see Cinderella, the live-action one. Gypsy thought it was a perfect time to meet um, Nick. Like, for her and her mom to run into Nick so they could be actual friends and not just, like, middle of the night gross friends gypsy bought his ticket and they planned to bump into each other as if they had just met as new friends and i wrote um i did not get the impression that Dee Dee would be welcoming any new friends into their lives they put up a picture of gypsy and nick and i think it's from that outing or whatever gypsy of course is dressed up like cinderella and cringy in Nick's interrogation, he says, Gypsy wanted to have sex with me, so I did. And I wrote, huh? 
The detective is like, wow, did her mom know? Nick laughs and says they kept it from her mom. Like, how, sir? Like, gee, I don't believe that Gypsy got to, like, do anything by herself. He says they had sex in the boys' bathroom. Gross. Gross! Like, a public bathroom? Really? And, like, I don't think Gypsy was allowed to go to the bathroom by herself. Like, (laughs) how did this all happen? The detective is like, in the girls or boys bathroom and Nick says she just took me in the boys bathroom I didn't have any choice and I were okay buddy afterward they went and watched the movie and like how the fuck did Gypsy get away from her mom like Nick must have been like a two pump <laughs> chump because there's no way that they could have taken longer than like three minutes without her mom coming in well apparently you can last nine hours <laughs> disgusting Nick is like, I don't know what happened, but the night got ruined in some way. I was trying to understand what was going on with her mom. So Gypsy's like, she despised him. She was like, he's creepy and he's weird. He's coming to see a kid's movie alone by himself. Gypsy's all like, uh, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. She's like, it is weird. They were the only people at the movies and he didn't have a kid with him or a girlfriend or anything. He's just this guy going to see some chick movie. Gypsy had no way to introduce Nick as her friend because she was always with Dee Dee. So after that didn't pan out, Gypsy started getting desperate. Like, what did Gypsy expect? Like, did you think you were going to, like, meet a random guy and Dee Dee was going to be like, oh, come over to our house? Like, and didn't he live in, like, Wisconsin? Like, they didn't live close. Like, how was that? What what was going to happen? Oh, you thought he was going to come spend weekends at your house or some shit? Like, what's with his parents? Like, where did they meet for this fucking movie? Like, I don't understand. Gypsy messages Nick. I'm 100,000% in, hun. i I'm ready, truly. And Nick's like, why do you say that, baby? And Gypsy says, because I finally allowed myself to accept that you're my everything. I will go with you and live our dream. These two are a mess. Like, Gypsy got enough money together to get him a ticket for a Greyhound bus. Nick messages her that he's in Springfield. And the next day they went to the grocery store, came back home. She went to sleep very, very late. And Gypsy was up texting Nick. Gypsy says, I left the gloves outside the front door and the screen door is squeaky. So try to open it just enough to get in and close it gentle. I'll hand you the knife and duct tape inside. And she's like, darling, like what a fucking, so fucking annoying. And she's like, I'm doing my nails too. I'm painting them a dark pink. Gypsy starts crying when she's being interviewed. And she says her and her mom painted each other's nails that night. And I acted like everything was fine. We had just recently gotten into an argument and we had made up. And I said I was going to be a good girl. And then she went to sleep because I hurt her feelings or something. She said, I'm starting to feel more relaxed. Don't hurt me. The last word she said to me was, don't hurt me. Gypsy cries. Like, it's weird because you do feel bad for her. But then I also think I still couldn't, like, I could be in that position. I cannot imagine going through with that. But, I mean, she's also completely desperate. And she has no fucking clue what's, like, right or wrong and, like, anything. 
So Prince fucking charming texts Gypsy, I'm here and you get your ass to the bathroom and you open the door like, <laughs> uh, excuse me? I would have been like, uh, slow your roll. Like, don't talk to me like that. But Gypsy replies, yes, sir. I'm going now, sir. Like, I I could not be one of those, like, submissive people. Like, I don't know. Like, I have too much attitude for that. I'd be like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to like that? Gypsy went into the bathroom and got in the fetal position and covered her ears. Gypsy said, I heard my mom wake up and then she sounded startled. And then there was some noises I couldn't make out. I heard her say my name a couple of times and she said, help me. And then there was just silence. Gypsy is asked if Dee Dee screamed and Gypsy nods and says, yeah, like I can't imagine hearing something like that. I feel like mm-hmm. that would be awful. Captain Obvious, Michelle Dean, says that this is a, about as clear premeditated murder as I've ever seen. Like, what tipped you off, Michelle? Like, all their text messages? Like, they only, like, messaged obsessively about it. Michelle says it's brutal as they're showing crime scene photos. Michelle thinks it would be hard for anybody to not have a moment of being taken aback. Like, it's brutal. But, like, he obviously has some mental issues and I think he probably is very good at disassociating himself from things. So it's like he probably didn't even like he could make himself think it wasn't like taking someone else's mm-hmm. life. You know what I mean? So in Nick's interrogation, he's asked if he has sex with Dee Dee. He says no. She follows up with you didn't stick your penis anywhere on her. And I'm like, did they find evidence of rape or semen in her or wondering, something? Like, why do you keep like, asking this is a very weird question. of questioning? Nick is like, nope. He's, she's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, positive. And he's like, I'm 100% positive. The detective says, okay, did you stick her penis, stick your penis in her mouth? He's like, no. He's like, did your penis touch anywhere on Dee Dee's body? And he's like, no like did your mouth touch anywhere on Dee Dee's body and he's like no she's like you didn't kiss her or lick her or anything like that and then she's like what do you think of people who have sex with dead bodies and Nick says I mean it's quite disturbing honestly like what in the world and this lady's like oh okay so that would bother you he's like yeah I don't like necrophilia. And she says, okay, because I think one of the things that she might have said was that you mentioned that you'd like to rape her mom. And he goes, yeah, at one point I was thinking about it and I wrote another (laughs) What? For one, ew. For two, gross. Like, why? Gypsy says he had wanted to rape my mother. And I was like, girl, He said, I'm going to kill her, but I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to rape her. So Gypsy made a deal with him. She would let Nick rape her, Gypsy, and then he wouldn't do that to my mom. And I was like, not to nitpick, but I don't think it's rape if you agree to it. That's consent. I mean, I know that's not even the point, but anyway. So they had sex. Gag me. You know that was some awkward, uncomfortable ass sex. Who has sex after they kill somebody? Ew. So gross. You know what? That sex might be worse than parent sex for me. Like <laughs> that's disgusting. If he had fucked them both, I would have lost it. I probably would have had to turn the thing off. 
especially if he did it after he killed her. Like, that's disgusting. And back in Nick's interrogation, and here comes one of my nightmares. The detective lady asks, and what kind of sex? What is sex like to you? And I was like, (laughs) fuck my life. Like, please don't answer this. Holding my head in my hands, Nick says, well, to me, the kind of sex that was pretty much kind of consensual. It's like yeah, kind, kind of consensual. What the fuck is that? They show pics of marks all over Gypsy's neck and the detective asks, are you biting her? Are you punching her? Nick says, no, no, I would never lay my hands on her. And I was like, sir, you just killed another person. So excuse the fuck out of me if I'm skeptical that like you didn't hit or bite or beat this child he says i didn't even bite her at all actually not for a long time that is like jesus take the wheel what the (laughs) fuck is he talking about (laughs) like i would be rethinking my life decisions if i was that cop having to ask people that kind of shit and be expected not to react to it like i wouldn't be able to do that i want to peel my skin off like i hate like it's fucking awful like it's like these two idiots having sex that's gross and it's even worse because you know they're like having sex pretending like it's the best thing they've ever done because they don't really know how to act about it and it's just so cringy and disgusting like you just know it's terrible you just oh it hurts my insides nick says the very first time she whispered in my ear that that was a that a turn on of hers is biting i bit her twice the first time i can't remember the second time i remember because i bit her a lot harder and i'm like jesus make it stop however she still seemed to enjoy it even though it was really hard i would have been like oh my god look at the time my shift is over let me grab another detective to come talk to you like, I would have quit on the spot. I would have been like, I'm out. I did not sign up for this. I don't get paid enough. So Gypsy says, technically, once we get to that point, I screamed for him to stop and he didn't. They show a picture of her bruise and it looked yeah. hella painful. And she's like, so I don't consider it to be consensual. And, bitch, I bet you did ask for it. So it is kind of consensual. Maybe you thought it would be better than it was. But, like, I don't really believe her. Like, and then back to Nick. And fuck my life, he says, I barely felt any pleasure, actually. And I was like, oh, my God. This bitch asks him if there's a reason why he Mm -hmm. didn't feel any pleasure. And Nick says, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I did make her have an orgasm once. (laughs) Can you imagine gypsy having an orgasm with that high-pitched ass voice and like looking like a possum and he says and then after that she might have blew me for a bit and i was like fan fucking tastic like i hate my life this is awful (laughs) he said after that we stopped because we realized there was a lot of packing to do like (laughs) okay they got a taxi and went to the hotel and I'm real sure it was a hotel. For sure it was a sketchy motel with like bed bugs, lice, and roaches. It smelled like mildew and pond water. 
on screen text says days in motel and i wrote i fucking knew it <laughs> they videotaped themselves in the motel gypsy says hi honey and they both laugh and her voice is so disgusting this is one day after the murder gypsy says i'm filming she's giggling he's butt ass naked it's disgusting Gypsy is going bow chicky boom or some stupid shit. Like Gypsy's like he's eating a brownie, but no, later no, he no. will be eating me. And I wrote, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's so disgusting. I wrote for the <laughs> love of God. <laughs> the worst part. Of so the gross. But later yeah, he'll be eating me. Oh my god. So fucking gross. Like, what is wrong with people? Yeah, why did you say that out loud? No one wants to hear that. She just, like, her voice, like, it's just a combination of all of it. It's disgusting. Gypsy says she loved Nick very much at that time. Being with him felt exciting. They took a Greyhound bus to Wisconsin. Gypsy is really playing up how free she felt. Like, she was trapped in a cage and set free. Like, I'm sure, like, she did, but it just... She's just so over-the-top describing it. Like, it's, like, over-dramatic. Nick says that they wanted to have a family together, build a life. Like, these two are morons. Like, what what life are you going to live with, like, in your parents' fucking house? Gypsy texts Nick, let's move to Milwaukee. We can stay with your mom for a little. Nick replies, good idea, dear. Dear, like, who the fuck talks like that? Gypsy messages, what will I wear to impress your folks? Surprised you didn't show up in a Disney princess costume with fake plastic, synthetic ass tacky wig. Ugh. So Nick is asked if his mom and dad knew what they did. He says no. It was the first time they ever met Gypsy and they had agreed to let her live there. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is wrong with these parents? Like, yeah, If I like came home and was like, oh, I need my friend to stay over. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first of all, if you walked in with a dude and wanted them to stay over, I'd laugh at you. What is happening? <laughs> she choked on her spit. Oh my god. Way to be embarrassing. Um, like, first of all, you have to know your kid is weird. Like, that's not some surprise. Like, so, like, you're just gonna let some other weird kid move in with your already weird kid? Like, that's a lot of weird <laughs> in one house. That's the parent, his, the parents were weird, too. Well, like, first of all, like, a lot of weird, it was all overall weird in the house. Um, if, if Daniel walked in with some girl with like a shaved head who looks like she's nine and like a rodent like I would not I'd be like get the fuck out of my house like what are you doing like who first of all who lets your weird kid whose mental capacity is going to be 15 or 16 forever bring their girlfriend to live in the house like I I just they're it's very odd like i don't understand it's like the perfect storm of like shit shows to converge 
So they're interviewing Nick's mom, Stephanie, and she's asked what she thought of Gypsy. And she says, it was weird because when I picked them up from the bus station, I even asked her, how's your mom doing? Because I was told she was in a homeless shelter that her mom kicked her out. So I asked her how her mom was doing. No big deal. They acted like nothing. Like, what did she expect? Like, they were going to, like, walk in and be like, oh, well, she's dead now. Like, right. what, what were they going to say? So Nick's stepfather, could you imagine being the stepfather? He's probably like, I never fucking liked this kid, and I knew. Nick's stepfather is asked if he felt like there was anything wrong. He says everything seemed normal. The only thing that freaked me out is she was wearing a wig. That's the only thing (laughs) that freaked you out? That's it? Of all the things? He is asked if he remembers getting an envelope or anything addressed to Nick or Gypsy. He's like, yeah, we did, but I didn't know what was in it. And Stephanie is told that they mailed the knife from Gypsy's house to Nick's. It was the knife, three to four thousand dollars cash they had stolen from her mom. Like, why would you mail that one? Right. They they did it. They were so Yeah, they didn't know any better. But then again, like I it got there, so it's not like they got caught. It's only after the fact. So on Dee Dee and Gypsy's Facebook post that they shared, or Facebook page that they shared, there were um, there was a post that said that, um, you know, that, that bitch is dead and then I raped the little girl too or whatever. Gypsy's the one that made the post. Um, Dr. Feldman says... The Facebook post was just perverse. It implies a fair degree of sociopathy. Like, uh, yeah. Well, first of all, like, why even? Do, I mean, I guess she did it because they what she wanted someone to find her mom. But like, that's a very weird thing. So Stephanie says, and how the girl was acting. I mean, how can you do something to your mother and lose your mother and just act like that? I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. It's like, um, man, did you forget your son stabbed this bitch? Like, your kid killed her. Like, you're going on and on about Gypsy. What about your fucking, like, monster? Charles says they acted like two normal people. And false. Like, they've never acted like two normal people in their life. Bobby says it could be that Gypsy may be the mastermind. I think it's most anybody's instinct to think, oh, shit, you murdered your mother? You know, watch that girl. Like, don't turn your back. She might stab you. He's like, uh-uh, this bitch is evil. And I feel like her family, because it doesn't seem like everybody has a relationship with her. It just seems like Rod. And so, like, I think they're all like, uh-uh, that evil must have been passed down because they thought her mom was evil, too. So, Michelle says, I do believe that Gypsy is potentially dangerous. Dee Dee was a master manipulator. It's impossible to think that Gypsy would not have picked this up and used it. Charles says, I don't know what she put in my stepson's head. Um, your stepson had issues before Gypsy, sir. Stephanie believes he's madly in love with Gypsy. She says, that's the way it works when you have what he has. Your mind focuses on one thing. Like, um, I don't think the way... It works if you have Asperger's is you stab people. Nick is asked, do you think that if Gypsy hadn't asked you to kill her mom, you'd have ever killed her mom? 
Nick says, I know I wouldn't have done it. Stephanie says, for him to ruin his life over that, I'm sorry, but she's a beast. Like, ma'am, um, your son killed someone. He didn't even say, like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Or, like, let me ask for some help. And it was some last resort. Like, and look, if your kid's a weirdo and was arrested at McDonald's for beating off for nine fucking hours, maybe check the search history a little <laughs> bit on his computer. He just poke around to make sure other weird things he's doing. Like, I don't understand, like, she, I mean, they're both yeah. mental, and I don't really think it's, like, one is worse than the other. Michelle says, Gypsy now doesn't have a language beyond manipulation and retaliation. Stephanie asks if Gypsy Gypsy is accepting any responsibility over what happened or is she trying to put it all on Nick? So the detective says she takes some responsibility but not much. Not much at all. So then they cut to Gypsy denying she had anything to do with what happened. She's like, I didn't know what Nicholas was going to to do. I didn't know he was going to kill my mom. Michelle says she wonders if people ever feel like Gypsy is telling them the truth. Um... I mean, that's mm-hmm. just crazy. So Christy says Gypsy was still in Wisconsin when she called Christy. Christy says at that time, she still wasn't trusting anyone. She was still not telling Mike everything. Gypsy says in in a phone call, like a prison phone call, she's like, I'm innocent. It's a complicated situation, but what they say on the news is not true. And Michelle's like, that's when we went into the courtroom and that's when they showed all the text messages. And when they said they are presenting that, she turned around and looked at us with fear in her eyes. I guess she didn't think they were going to pull all those text messages up and Christy felt lied to. Like, that's some shit. And I mean, I guess if you don't know, like you wouldn't know any better. But like, to me, it seems like so common knowledge. But Gypsy's glad that her mother is not here to abuse her anymore. Um, oh, no, she's asked. Gypsy's asked if she's glad that her mother is not here to abuse her anymore. And Gypsy cries and says, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not happy that she's dead. Gypsy says she didn't think anything when she heard her mother screaming. She was scared. She says she was on a lot of medication at that point in time. Dr. Feldman says, with Munchausen by proxy, victims can lose contact with reality at times. She may have had a hard time um, trusting what's real and what isn't. Since Gypsy was so isolated, she doesn't really know what normal is. Gypsy says, it just feels good finally being honest. And it sounds like a lie when she says it. She's like, "I'm, I'm just happy that I'm finally being honest. Gypsy says the only thing she could have done differently is she could have called her dad and he could have come and got me. And I wrote, if you say so, like that wouldn't have happened. Like, I mean, she could have told him, but I I don't know that that would have like done anything. And like the, the thing is, is she tries too hard to be like, what could I have done differently? Where it's kind of like, well, I didn't know any better. Like, who the fuck? I don't know. You have to tell me what's normal now. I don't know what that is. That's where I think it's not nor- like 
that's I don't think she ever knew like she made the decision to go along with this but I think she knew it was all lies Mm -hmm. before they got to that point um Rod says he feels guilty but he's working on building a new relationship with Gypsy and I can't imagine being her dad and feeling like guilt because I feel like you do feel guilty because I'm sure, like, Dee Dee was a pain in the ass to deal with. And it did sound like he was, like, still in her life. Just not that much. And he probably was like, I don't want to deal with Dee Dee. So I'm kind of fine being, like, on the outskirts of it. Um, her grandfather said, Claude says, it's hard to think about how Gypsy didn't have to go through all of what she did. And Bobby says she probably would have been a perfectly fine kid if her mom wasn't Dee Dee. Claude says he hopes she gets out soon. And Laura says she was punished enough. Let her go free. They should let her go free. Rod and Christy are watching home videos. And Christy says, oh, look at Gypsy when she was normal. And Rod blames himself for not doing more. Like, they're all think she should be out. But I also get the feeling none of them will have anything to you do think? with her stuff. I think Rodwell, I don't know about her grandparents. Yeah. It seems like they're kind of like, eh. And like, I don't know. On July 5th, 2016, the court had a surprise pretrial meeting. Mike says to Gypsy, this is the new charge, class A felony of murder in the second degree, and then acting in concert with another who knowingly caused the death of your mother by stabbing her. In the hearing, she says her her name to the judge and he asks her age and she says she's about to turn 25 he asks how far along did she get in school and she says about second grade and i was like damn so gypsy pleads guilty she's sentenced to 10 years in the missouri department of corrections she will have to do 85 percent of her sentence before she's eligible for parole like i didn't think that they would let her go but that seemed crazy to me all of that and that's what they gave her I'm like why are you sending her to jail send her to like a mental facility where like she can be unbrainwashed she's just gonna well, learn how to be more manipulative like in jail the prosecutor the way he put it was she went through so many years of 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 such abuse that 10 years was sufficient because of that abuse like she like she didn't deserve to go to prison for the rest of her life well yeah no i get that but like i would think you would want to treat her because you're gonna let her out in 10 years and she's gonna be like (laughs) manipulative because she won't know how else to get by do you think though yeah i do like what other what else does she know other than to like scam people see i wouldn't think when she got out she would be a threat to society i mean i don't know that she would be a threat to society like she'd be killing people but like for sure i think it'd be like let me play up my story so you oh well that me money maybe, yeah or like you know like she's just not gonna know how to be like a productive member in society yep. Like, on her own, it's going to be yeah. all, like, scheming. Um, but Patterson says that Gypsy Blanchard endured nearly two decades of systemic 
purposeful abuse at the hands of her mother for the purpose of fraud. By amending to murder in the second degree, we were both able to hold Gypsy accountable for the murder, which was not justified or excusable, but yet account for those mitigating circumstances. And Gypsy's attorney agrees. Like, I don't know. I, I think I would have pushed for her to get some sort of like mental well, treatment. Well, I'm sure she's going through some type of therapy in, in jail. Mm, I don't think it's therapy in jail. Mm. Gypsy says 10 years in jail is better than 10 years that she was forced to live with her mom. She says, I need to start over like I'm newly born. Rod and Christy are getting to do their first full contact visit with Gypsy. And they seem really nervous. Um, Rod hugs Gypsy and says she's getting so big and she squeals in this high ass voice like, I know, I'm almost as tall as you. And I was like, for one, ew, and two, like not even close. She like not even up and like you you're done growing. So like I'm almost as tall as you. It's those kind of things that make me think she's manipulative, like all that, like, oh daddy, oh like she's gonna guilt trip Rod a lot. <laughs> Like to get, she's gonna be like, "Oh, you don't have money for my rent this month. Oh, that's okay. I'll just stay here and think about how mom like made me be sick for my whole life, and then I had to spend <laughs> ten years in jail. Like, it's just, she just sounds so fake, and she's talking about like she's good going to the rec yard, exercising." The small talk is awkward and uncomfortable. And like she's acting. She like she sounds like she's acting because she's like, I was hitting a really down point and it was before the plea agreement, before I knew anything about it. And I was thinking, if I get life in prison and that is what I get, I'm committed committing suicide right now. You know, I was seriously considering it. Cause I'm like it could be just over and Rod is like apologizing and he's like, if I did anything wrong, Gypsy, he, she's like such a tryhard. She's like, no, no, I, I don't blame you. I don't think that you did anything wrong. I think it's just, you know, mom was very good at what she'd been doing. And I think you was just completely in the dark and she, like the part of like, yeah. And you never came and visited me or helped me or saved me was like silent it's just hanging in the air gypsy is like i just want you to know i don't blame you for any of it either of you like christy's like hmm thanks like christy in her head see i feel like christy says all the right things because she knows gypsy's gonna see this but in her head she's like "Mm, i know what this bitch is like oh don't blame me for any of it good i had nothing to do with it um Gypsy is like, I take blame for it and I blame other people, but I never once blamed y'all. Um, you did, you do. Like, how could you not? If you blame other people for it, how do you blame your dad for not knowing? Yeah. Like you're gonna blame him. But like at the same time, like that you're not gonna have anyone else to sponge off of, so I understand why she wouldn't say it. I wrote, I feel like Christy knows Gypsy is evil and trying to play it cool. Gypsy starts crying when the visit is up. She's sobbing, like sobbing. One second, three seconds later, she's fine. She's like, (laughs) and then like, 
then like two seconds later, she's like, no, I, I'll be fine. I'll be a good girl. It's like, I'm you're just crying 15 seconds before you idiot. So Nicholas is facing life in prison. His trial hadn't started when this documentary was released, but he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Gypsy will be eligible for parole in 2024, and she'll be 32 years old. Thank you for listening to True Crime True Family. Follow us on our Twitter at TCTFP and Instagram at TCTF Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us where you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Please leave a rating and review. We appreciate all the feedback. Join us next week.